0: Alright, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on US. Mintmobile.com switch.
1: Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto
2: renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus Registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG.
1: Welcome to episode six of Viral a podcast series following the spread of COVID-19 as it continues to affect Ireland and the international world in a growing capacity. As coronavirus cases rise rapidly across the country, today we're going to look back at how this has seen an increase in racist behaviour towards some of Ireland's Chinese community. What did you just say? Good
2: What do you say you racist?
1: That was a clip of a racist incident that took place outside a Dublin shopping centre last month, directed towards a member of Ireland's Asian community. Although this is one of few isolated incidents, we wanted to look at whether COVID-19 was creating a hostile environment for some of Ireland's citizens. We speak to Chinese-Irish artist Jin Young, as well as Brian Killarant, CEO of the Irish Council of Immigrants, to get their take on COVID-related racist behaviour, as well as what actions need to be taken. Before that, I want to run through some info from Wednesday night's Department of Health press conference from Bagot Street. I should probably also take this opportunity to say that I am not live from Bagot Street this evening. But in fact, in my sitting room come new podcast studio, um, which will be our base for the next couple of weeks. But we will still be keeping in touch with the latest news to come out of there with the Irish sons, Adam Higgins and Danny Deval. For future episodes. So as of midday on Wednesday the 18th of March there are 74 new confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Ireland. So those cases are made up of 29 females and 45 males and as we know there has been two deaths associated with the disease in Ireland so far. So overall there are now 366 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Ireland. Um, One of the more worrying statistics to come out of today's conference is that one in five cases now are confirmed as healthcare workers and a huge effort will be made in the coming days and weeks to try and stunt that growth as much as possible. We have also seen a huge success in the HSE's recruitment drive as they seek to bolster the number of Ireland's healthcare professionals as they try and limit the impact of COVID-19 in our hospitals. We have also been given the first analytical breakdown of some of the results so far. This is going back from Monday the 16th of March. Obviously, there has been extra cases added to this. Of the 271 cases noted in the study, 40% were male and 60% were female. And then to date, 42% of the cases were travel-related, 22% associated with community transmission, and 70% are as a result of local transmission, 20% are still under investigation unsurprisingly ireland's urban areas are worst affected with dublin carrying 129 cases as of monday cork 48 and limerick 14 and i suppose the and i suppose as well the information we've heard all along is to keep practicing correct cough etiquette social distancing uh, and all the important information that's come from the HSE and the department of health over the last couple of weeks From a social perspective as well, we saw the cancellation of a lot of big European events that were due to take place over the summer. Notably, Euro 2020 has been postponed to Euro 2021. The Eurovision Song Contest has been cancelled, as well as Glastonbury Music Festival in the UK, which came to nobody's surprise. More news from the UK as well, as we saw the announcement that all schools will close immediately to staff and most pupils from Friday afternoon, as their death toll rises to 104 so far. There have been huge talks of nations coming together to tackle the spread of COVID-19 across the world. The WHO are asking for global unity to change the course of this pandemic. While executive leadership has been on display in some parts of the world, others have been left lacking.
0: Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? There are
1: reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity
0: does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? Because it comes people say from it's China. Racist.
3: It's not racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China. That's why.
0: It comes from China. I it want to be accurate. About yeah, Americans please, John. Country. please.
1: As a broadly liberal nation, unlike many of its European counterparts, Ireland has largely embraced its diversity in recent years, straying away from some of the far-right movements that have come to prominence in Euro politics in the last decade. A surge in racism is one of the many side effects of an international pandemic such as this, as we grow to learn how COVID-19 is affecting all parts of society, often for the worst. Jin Yong is a prominent Chinese-born visual artist based out of Galway.
2: I've been living in Ireland for uh, last 18 years. I'm from China. I'm Korean Chinese.
1: Jin is acutely aware of how problematic racism is for Ireland's Asian communities, especially in the wake of COVID-19. But in his own experience, feels that most abuse proliferates online.
2: I was in China, actually. I just posted uh, one post about the coronavirus because uh, at the time, at you know, in here, nobody really aware was the coronavirus. And I just mentioned that... Uh, Actually, not every Chinese eating wildlife, but, you know, like uh, people like my mom, my auntie, my auntie who's going through cancer treatment are deeply infected. So, you know, it affects everybody, you know, not just people who are just eating the wildlife. Mm. That post event went viral, and I got a lot of uh, support as well as a lot of, you know, the negative comment as well. You know, they were saying, oh, I hope, you know, all your city will get affected, and, you know, stay where you are, don't come back, and, you know, all those things, and uh, it it took me a while to get over it, but, uh, yeah, but I I just have to now focus on, you know, the positive side, which is uh, most people in Ireland are extremely kind and generous and supportive towards the Asian community, and I just want to focus on that.
1: Prejudicial and race-driven incidents here in Ireland have become more widespread in recent weeks, even as an indirect form. On a recent flight from Amsterdam to Dublin, Jin received some negative attention from some of the passengers on board.
2: Uh, just because I was wearing masks, uh, you know, the guy next to me asked the flight attendants to change the seats. Wow. And the thing is, I, it's not just I'm protecting myself, I'm also, you know, protecting other people as well, <laughs> you know. And uh, as well as with masks, I just feel like there's a lot of uh, misinformation about the masks. You know, I know there's a mask shortage, but I just feel like, you know, when people wear masks, say, for example, they have a cold or flu and wear masks and you get more uh, attack because of that. I just don't don't get it. So like if, like me, if I'm in public space, I I try not to wear masks or I try not cough because that uh, I know I will become target.
1: You've been living in Ireland for 18 years, um, yes. which meant that you would have been living here while the SARS epidemic broke out in 2003. Has there been any change in mentality between Irish people's perception of how that played out and the coronavirus? Do you think is there more of a negative sentiment now?
2: I think so, yeah. I mean, I, it just, I think, you know, we are living in this negative environment at the moment, whether it's, uh, you know, climate change or whether it uh, comes to the politics I I feel like so many people have uh, that anger or, like, you know, negativity. Also, people are extremely divided. It's not just difficult for, I think, you know, Chinese communities. It's just difficult for probably many other foreigners as well. Now, especially, like, you know, Italian uh, tourists or Italian people as well.
1: Jin attributes a huge amount of the negative sentiment to lots of the distasteful media coverage that's been rampant surrounding the spread of COVID-19.
2: I, I read some newspaper, they were saying the coronavirus is like China virus. They just want to grab Headline and sell more papers. But, you know, I've learned, to you know, those papers or those news.
1: Brian Killoran is the CEO of the Immigrant Council of Ireland and has represented migrant groups throughout the country in many capacities since joining in 2004.
3: A big part of our work is integration, so everything that happens after you go through the immigration system. How do you settle into Irish life? How do you kind of learn the ropes of being somebody who now lives in Irish society? But also how does Irish society respond to the fact that somebody who comes from a different migrant or ethnic background is living here? And what do we need to do as a country to kind of respond to that and meet them halfway? When it
1: comes to the issue of racism, Brian believes the Irish attitude and mentality towards it is extremely varied. We have very
3: strong, positive public attitudes about migration in general, but at the same time, a very informal then kind of reactive response to things like racism. So we don't really have a formal national response to it, like a national action plan against racism. Only last October, the Guards kind of released their diversity strategy, which started to talk about things like hate crime for the first time really in Ireland at an official level, you know. So we're in the really early stages of actually formally dealing. Dealing with things like racism, and a huge problem has been the fact that because there's been no formal structures, people don't talk about it, they don't report it, they don't come to the guards and report incidents of racism. So it's a very unspoken thing that kind of goes on as an undercurrent.
1: Like all crimes, there are various levels of extremity to racist acts. But the toxic culture of casual racism or online banter in Irish life is still a hugely worrying atmosphere to be accepting of.
3: You'll see the most extreme type of situations happen, like assaults, you know, like real physical damage, you know, young Muslim women having their hijabs pulled off we've seen people's houses be broken into with, you know, swastikas kind of spray painted inside in the house and all kinds of the most horrific, obvious stuff I suppose that you would say it's overtly damaging and overtly racist and the tendency then is to look at the lower level stuff as maybe being a bit less serious, you know, if somebody says something to somebody at a bus stop or somebody says something on a bus or somebody, you know, there's kind of casual kind of social media commentary that goes on around certain things and as I say, the the tendency is to look at that as not being damaging But what we'd hear as an organization is that for a lot of people that experience that they experience it on a day-to-day basis that to a certain extent they kind of expect to experience it they expect somebody to say something when they're walking down the street in Dublin or they expect to see something on Twitter that's going to be against their you know uh, against their religion or against their ethnic group or whatever it may be and the damage to that is cumulative you know what I mean it really it really mounts up over time it makes it impossible for people I think to feel you know absolutely completely whole in, in Ireland as their as their home you know Some people are getting it every day to the point that they they just kind of expect it and they just think, well, this is kind of a normalisation of racism, you know.
1: Social media has had a huge role to play in every aspect of how COVID-19 news and attitudes have been shared and perceived by the public. Social media has had a huge role to play in every aspect of how COVID-19 news and attitudes have been shared and perceived by the public. In the past week, we've seen it at its very best with a huge coming together online for St. Patrick's Day celebrations across the length and breadth of the country. But by now, we all know the complications that come with having a completely open and sparsely moderated arena for hate and stereotype to live
3: balance between allowing people opportunity in these kind of public fora to, to express themselves as they see fit, but then the point at which that, uh, that expression becomes damaging, becomes threatening, becomes abusive, and again contributes to that cumulative kind of uh, attrition against people uh, who are maybe in minority communities in the country, feeling that social media is actually a very really dark place for them to go to, that they're going to get abused, they're going to get trolls, they're going to get comments. Um, and I think you'll see from the companies you know various different responses to that some kind of go and have at it another is trying to curb some of the more damaging things and, and respond to to reports in particular say of tweets and things like that um it's one of those areas that has become a, a kind of a, an everyday part of all of our lives really to, to a certain extent and the future really has to have some way of figuring out where the line is in terms of what's debate what's kind of uh, opinion and then what's abusive and what's damaging and I don't think that line has been found yet.
1: For instances of racism after the coronavirus outbreak why must we report stuff that we see either online or in person?
3: For a very very long time the institutional or the official response to racism in Ireland has been that it doesn't exist. You know, we've heard this from governments, government officials, we've heard it from the Gardaí in the past, because there's no statistics, you know, because there's been a huge gap in official ways for people to actually report racism um, for, you know, over 10 years, 12 years now at this point in time. So it was very easy for official Ireland to say, well, it's not a thing. There's no there's no statistics to say that this is actually happening, therefore we don't need to do anything about it. You know, it's this self perpetuating in kind of a loop and civil society has tried to fill that gap in the meantime so organizations like ourselves and others in civil society just saying come to us if you're experiencing it, and tell us what's going on so we can record it we can talk about it we can do case studies that we can use when we've been to leinster house and talk to politicians to say listen this is actually happening but the importance of it all is to give give recognition to the fact that this is happening nobody's saying it's everybody's experience and it's happening every second of the day but it is happening in ireland and if we can't track it and we can't record it then we can't get official Ireland to respond to it.
1: There are lots of groups to be mindful of over the coming weeks. The elderly, the sick, the poor, and so on. But it's also important we support Ireland's migrant community because they're often some of the most vulnerable people in our society.
3: People can go to the guards, they can go to civil society organisations like ourselves and the Irish Network Against Racism, and they can also, I suppose get advice online from organizations like ourselves as regards kind of signposting where can you go to talk about these things you know and some of it can be done anonymously as well which is important especially with civil society groups you can anonymously report something sometimes people don't want to draw attention to themselves so that's an important factor as well I think
1: That was episode 6 of Viral COVID-19. I want to say a huge thank you to Brian, Killerin and Jin Young for joining us on today's podcast. I also want to thank you for listening as we have gotten an incredible response to the podcast so far and if you didn't it or else you felt you learned something new please leave us a review on whatever app you were listening to us because it does help to get the word out there i'm ian doyle i will talk to you on friday